Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Five Things Podcast. We are back. We are back. We've been waiting and we are back. We hope that you had an amazing Labor Day weekend. But it has come and gone. And now we must dive into the five things. Who's here with me? On my virtual right, I have Amanda Davis. Hello, Amanda. Morning, Kenny. And on my left, my virtual left, we have Beth Rolfs. Hello, Beth. Thank you. Hey, everyone. And here are the five things. We'll be kicking off talking about TikTok and the fact that their sale has been delayed. We'll be chatting a bit about TikTok enabling creators to sell merch. Beth will be telling us a little bit about how Twitter has added new search prompts to voting information. Amanda will tell us a little bit about Twitter officially launching their new quote tweets feature and count on all tweets. And then we will end with Twitch releasing watch parties. With that, let's dive into our first thing, which is the delay of TikTok sell-off because of some newly imposed restrictions on the export of Chinese tech advancements. This is really, really fascinating. And while the imposed deadline of September 15th is coming from the U.S. government, the Chinese government on the other side has created some newly imposed rules on the export of technological advancements, uh, mostly including things like digital algorithms, which is a big part of what makes TikTok special, but also what is worrying some U.S. officials about TikTok. So what does this mean for ByteDance and for those who are bidding on TikTok? Uh, it means that there are four possible options uh, as to what would allow the Chinese government to actually let the sale go through. The first one is selling TikTok's assets without its algorithm. Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense for the people who are purchasing it. The second one is establishing a transition period, which would allow that winning bidder to actually use TikTok's algorithm for up to a year. Uh, I think this is also pretty interesting given that it gives the bidder time to actually just mirror and mimic the algorithm. The third one would be for ByteDance to seek permission from China to actually allow the full sale, including the algorithm, to a U.S. company. And then finally, the winning bidder licensing TikTok's algorithm from ByteDance, which feels interesting to me and feels like one that could actually happen. This is really unbelievable stuff. Um, I think you know, noted tech analyst uh, Josh Constein uh, said TikTok will wither if China only allows an acquisition of its app, but not its algorithm that digs the gems out of all the trash, which is a really interesting way of putting it. And that comes from an article in Social Media Today. Um, you know, I think we're, what we're seeing there is that the algorithm is really the prize. And at the end of all of this, uh, just selling the company without the algorithm would be a shame. So with that, Beth, Amanda, any thoughts on this? I think they will figure out a way for us to make it work. Us being the U.S. will purchase TikTok in some form or fashion. It's a bummer. I think TikTok without the algorithm is just another kind of social platform. We all know and are very familiar that TikTok's algorithm is pretty unique. It, I believe um, only 10,000 users see the same content that you see. So they're the way that they cut the groups of users into these very unique um, kind of consumer sets is part of the magic of the app. So I think without that, it'll be a bummer. And as, as marketers, the nice thing about the algorithm being so targeted to people's interests is it 
lets us make sure that the right content is truly being seen by the right people. Yeah, I worry that all of these different, you know, approaches are are going to water down the final product that lands in the US. Um, and to Beth's point, like it's it's the same features, it's, it's almost the same functionality as we've been debating on this show as a lot of other platforms. So I worry without all of the things that make TikTok TikTok, um, while there will be a path forward for the US, it's I'm a little bit worried about about where their stake in the game is going to land if if not in the right hands of um you know a holding company that will build up wherever um you know whichever function gets watered down whether it's the algorithm or the functions themselves or um the business model or how brands can tap in I'm I'm very curious to know who to figure out who the high bidder is going to be and how much um uh, expertise. Like I, I know Triller was looking at, uh, buying it. They're probably one of the more, um, low, low cash players in the game. So it's not very likely, but you know, they, they actually pioneered this a, a lot earlier than TikTok. So if it's a company like Triller, perhaps they have the right know-how to make it successful in the U S still without some of the pieces that we're, we're needing to leave behind. But I, it really just depends on who, who that company is. That's gonna, that's gonna win the game. So at the time of this recording, we should all take a minute and guess who we think it is. Um, I certainly think I know who it is, uh, but I will let you both go first to see if uh, if you think we're we're getting close. I'll go. I will put my money on Microsoft. It's a it's a bidding game. It's a money game. I think if it was. If it was a little more holistic of an assessment of who the right fit would be or who the correct, you know, technology partner might be, it, it may or may not be Microsoft. I'm, I'm not totally sure. But I think when we talk about the dollars and cents, I'm, I'm feeling like it's leaning towards Microsoft. I'm right with you. I think it's Microsoft plus Walmart. Oh, interesting. Okay. What do we get if we win? <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. If it'll be interesting to see if um, it is Microsoft and Walmart, which I'm I'm right there with you, Kenny. I think that's probably it. Uh, what option they take because licensing from ByteDance could that adds a whole nother ex- expense. But if they can use the algorithm for a year and then recreate it while using it, like what's what's the deets there would be interesting to get into. Get that secret recipe. If I were ByteDance, I would never let them use it for a year. That's insane. I don't understand what they would get out of that. It doesn't seem like a, I mean, I'm no expert. It doesn't seem like a great deal. It's kind of just giving away the milk instead of selling the cow. I think that's the phrase. Unless they could keep the price super high. Right. Yeah. Well, we're not finance people. No, we are certainly not. (laughs) With that... Uh, let's keep talking about TikTok a little bit. Amanda, tell us about TikTok enabling creators to sell merch. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I read about this the last couple of days and it made me smile because it's very innovative. And let me tell you what's going on first. So TikTok um, added a feature and it's an integration with a company called Teespring, which if you're not familiar, it's it's kind of like a society six type, um, you know, 
merch creation website where you can design your own merch and sell it on a bunch of different things, t-shirts, um, fanny pack stickers, things like that. Um, so TikTok added this integration to the app where content creators can actually sell merchandise to their fans directly in the app. This company Teespring was already, was already being used by a lot of TikTok creators. So it was, it was in the fold, I think probably a couple thousand, um, creators on the platform, Nardwar, Hot Ones sell merch on this, uh, website. I was so excited to see TikTok integrating this into the platform because this is the kind of, you know, new thinking, proactive, you know, forward look into what actually helps and supports your creators on your platform that is is an innovative way to bring multiple platforms together. This is the thing that we want to see from social media platforms. You know, we talk about Instagram and, you know, TikTok and all these features getting copied from one place to another. But this, I thought, was a really fresh take on how... Um, TikTok is putting its money where its mouth is, like supporting the creators and, and giving them their own, um, you know, way, way to make money beyond just brand partnerships and ad partnerships. So I was excited to see this. Um, and I think too, it's, it's part of a bigger strategy. I think there's a pretty, uh, <laughs> a pretty famous quote that's going around now, um, from Russ Rusipov, which you guys might remember from an app called Vine where he was basically assessing, you know, what is TikTok going to do right and do wrong? And, and one of them was, one of his suggestions was to figure out how to maximize the business opportunity. And I think that TikTok is taking this to heart. And I, I think they're being really smart about this. I love this edition. I'm with you. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it's a no brainer. Uh, you think about any of the major TikTok influencers who are out there and they are making money themselves by partnering with brands and creating content with brands. But in a lot of ways, that's a limiting endeavor uh, because you are, uh, it's, you're promoting yourself, but you're doing it through the lens of the brand. So you take someone like a Charlie, for example, who's now doing a massive integration with Dunkin' Donuts, uh, just released her own uh, jeans line. I believe it was with, um, oh, now I'm going to forget Aeropostal or something like that. It's not Aeropostal, but it's something like that. And um, all of a sudden, now they've created a system where they can actually sell merch with their faces on it, which is a little different. Uh, and you can see why people would want to buy that. I think it is dope. I'm very excited for it. I'm very curious to see, uh, you know, the TikTok creator collection of cell phone cases that are now going to be riddled throughout society as a result of this. Yeah, I I love the idea of these younger content creators getting a chance to be business people. I mean, I think I fell down a YouTube hole the other day of people trying Charlie D'Amelio's um, makeup line. And I love the idea that these these entertainers and these creators get to create outside of just a branded partnership where they have probably a lot of restrictions on kind of expressing who they truly are. It's cool. It's awesome. And it, it proves that TikTok really knows their creators well and is listening to, to your point, Beth, like, you know, what they're doing outside of making videos and content on their platform. They're not singular dimensional, you know, figures that are, are doing one thing in their life. They're designing things. They're selling things. They're doing this all on their own. So it's like if TikTok can provide this platform to do everything all together, 
And then you add in, for instance, in the US, a potential to our earlier conversation, Walmart integration or e-commerce integration, like what, what do the possibilities look like? It's, it's the first step of many that I see coming, coming through, um, the changes TikTok's going to be making. I'm, I'm excited to see where it leads. And it's also worth mentioning there's like a, a local version of TikTok in China called Doyin. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, which has actually already taken a step similar to this and adding an e-commerce focus. And I think they made something like 122 million in revenue last year versus TikTok, who I think made about half of that, a little under 100 million. So just the addition of a an e-commerce feature has already proven out in this audience. And while it, it's very new and innovative and you're not seeing it on other platforms, it's not a complete risk out of nowhere. It's it's calculated and it's very smart. And it's the kind of stuff that I hope more platforms are going to be pushing out. Well, from TikTok merch into the 2020 election, Beth, tell us a little bit about Twitter adding the new search prompts to voting information. Yeah. So Twitter has added search prompts, meaning when someone searches on their platform, which I don't know if you guys know this, Twitter has an amazing backend search engine. Um, but things like voter registration, kind of anything around the 2020 election, you will get, um, a screen that pops up that says, know the facts. So, and it'll take you to an official website to give you more information about voter registration, um, mail-in voting. This kind of comes off the back of Twitter, uh, kind of infamously posting a prompt on two of Donald Trump's tweets that say, get the facts about mail-in ballots. Um, so they're really, they're taking a hard stance in this 2020 election of driving people to accurate and real information. And for lack of a better word, kind of policing the misinformation that could so easily spread on this platform. Um, I mean, I think it's great. I think it encourages people to vote. I think it it drives people to the right sites to make sure that they're getting all the right information to get out there on November 3rd and actually vote. And it's really it's safe for um, Twitter, too. It's kind of keeping them from accidentally falling into uh, being a harbor of misinformation. And uh, it's awesome. Twitter's really having its moment right now. Like, it's funny to say it because it's been around for 14 years plus, And it's like, it, it's had numerous opportunities to be at the forefront of what's going on in society. But I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, you know, there's just so much going on in culture and society from, you know, celebrities unexpectedly passing away to the conventions to COVID to, and, and there's just so much there and Twitter is just having its moment. It's, it's, it's showing, you know, in one night I'm reading about Chadwick Boseman I'm seeing this war of words going on between Trump and Biden. I'm watching the discussion and debate around live sports. Uh, and I'm just literally watching the pulse of society happen on this app. And they've almost, in a lot of ways, they've risen to the occasion of what they need to be to be a responsible platform in society during this moment. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, a few years ago, Twitter came out and said they were going to be a news platform. And I, I agree, Kenny, I think they're truly going in that direction. And part of that is making sure that the platform delivers accurate information. You can't say you're a legitimate news platform if people can't feel confident that what they're reading is real information. It's also to the approach that I somehow it feels like common sense, but feels new in that it's not always the platform's job to to touch every piece of content and decide if it's good or bad. But I think this approach that we're seeing more in 2020 across all of all of the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, etc., is critical thinking, like push your audience to think to do their own research, to not receive everything as fact. And, and you know, when these platforms first started 15, 20 years ago, that that wasn't an issue. And understanding that, like, as things evolve and people use the platform differently and, and there's different user behavior, what kind of functionality and features can you add to not just give people what they want when they want it, but also prompt a different type of behavior on the platform that isn't alienating and it supports what people are using it for. So it's it's a slight pivot in how they've looked at features, I, I think, especially Twitter. But I think it's an important distinction is is the the responsibility that they have there. Yeah, there's also a lot of discussion going on right now within Twitter, of possibly suspending trending topics leading into the election. And I think that's really interesting. Also, they under like, Trending topics and the ability to advertise within trending topics is a massive revenue stream for Twitter. And the notion that they understand that we are in the most critical corridor of public discourse um, of this generation is um, is something that they understand. And I think that this is where it's going to be fascinating to see where everything lands. But overall, you know, kudos to Twitter. I love what they're doing. Um, yeah, with I, I, I think they deserve a shout out for being super brave. They're brave. Shout out. Well, talk about bravery. They just launched their new quote tweets count, which I think is awesome. Um, so, Amanda, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? All right. So that was a great segue. Um, Twitter has rolled out uh, basically a, a different way of organizing the way that people respond to tweets on the platform. Um, before it was, you know, if you wanted to retweet something on your own feed, you could do that. And what they would call it is retweet with comment if you added something to it. Um, or you could just retweet it as is, or you could reply direct to a comment. So it, it seems like they started realizing that people are using the retweet with comment um, function slightly differently. It's a little bit more conversational versus just echoing a sentiment or wanting to push something out to your own feed. It's it's a lot more of a back and forth use case now. So it, it's a very slight tweak, but they basically started calling this um, quote tweets so that you can sift through whatever anyone responds to something. If it's a question and you want to see how people are answering it and going back and forth, it, it's not an entirely new feature, but they have taken a moment to rename how it's being used and, and make it a little bit more accurate to what people are actually doing on the platform. I think, you know, to the point we were just talking about, Twitter is great about evolving the platform, making sure that it's easy to use and people understand how to get on there and find the things that they need and talk to each other and have a discussion. Um, but without trying to drastically change 
how people interact with it. They're not adding in, you know, features from other platforms. They're not emulating other, you know, channels that are not, not being used for the same use case. They're building on what it's already doing very well and just making it a little bit easier and clearer for people to join the conversation. I think it's great. And this is like what Twitter's been doing a great job at. That is, that is spot on. I think it's so funny. If you look back like five or six years ago, there was a legitimate conversation about Twitter being done. You know, they, they went public. The ad revenue wasn't there. People didn't know how to leverage the channel. They have done a phenomenal job of listening to the user base and adapting the product to match the user base. And also they understand, and going back to what we were just mentioning about the, you know, um, sponsored trending topics, they understand that the death of Twitter is when people cannot reach outside of their echo chambers and cannot join new conversations. And, and, you know, if it starts to feel too closed off to the community that you already know and agree with. So I think this feature is very important. It's how you see the other side of an argument, the other responses to a question, the people that might not be in your purview or in your feed already. And I think the importance they're putting around this like very nuanced change shows that they really do not want to end up in a place that can feel a little bit like Facebook, where you're seeing the same content, you're being served things that already echo what you believe in and, and are not new perspectives. So I think too, it's like their prioritization of open conversation is clear in all the features that they do. And if it's, it's easy to understand what they should do next when they have that North Star. They've also done uh, another example of this is when they introduce threading and the ability to thread tweets. I think that was also another way to create greater dialogue and understanding that, you know, it wasn't about brevity. It was about uh, creating concise and engaging dialogue. And I think they're, you know, especially now with the amount of complex issues that are out there in the world, whether it's global warming or disaster relief or pandemic response or election policy or Supreme Court rulings, the ability to use threading has become an unbelievable tool to help educate people. So I love what they're doing. And I think this is another plus one for them. So yay, Twitter. Uh, with that, we are going to land on our fifth thing here, which is Twitch releasing watch parties. And a little bit about the watch party. So uh, one of our first episodes of the five things many, many moons ago, we talked about the rise in just chatting channels, uh, which quickly overtook gaming channels on Twitch uh, as some of the most popular content that exists on the channel. And from there, we started to see Twitch evolve uh, their product to match the rising demand of people wanting to engage and experience streaming and live content together. Uh, this past summer, uh, in June, they've, they've launched a deal with the Premier League uh, to stream proper football, uh, as some of our friends would probably like us to call it, uh, which is another way uh, to move from the notion of virtual sports into real sports. So with that, they have now added the feature of watch parties, which allows for you and other people to watch full live stream, select movie and TV content together and engage in dialogue during that content. It's awesome. Uh, it's so smart. It's definitely something they have been testing for a while. I believe they started testing it last fall. 
Um, and then, of course, with their relationship with Amazon, the ability to integrate Prime Video into this uh, is another component of it, which is really interesting. So you're going to start to see the community element of watching not just um, streaming video games, but also streaming sports and streaming television and movies. I think about uh, the COVID era watch party. What would we all be doing right now if Game of Thrones were uh, showing its final episode? How would we be all watching it together? And this certainly scratches that itch. So with that, Beth, Amanda, what do we think about this? I mean, I think this is so smart. It feels like it's taking advantage of something that already happens. I don't know about you guys, but like when I watched the DNC and the RNC, I had my mom on FaceTime and we virtually watched it together. So it feels, and I know people do that with Bachelorette and all sorts of fun quality television out there. So I think it's just, it's so smart. Um, there's no better time to do it than when people have felt so disconnected from each other. And I think it'll be interesting to start seeing how people who might not have been traditional Twitch consumers or users get introduced to the platform in a really interesting new way. I can't wait for my mom to start talking about <laughs> Twitch. It's also bad to that point. Like the reality is, you know, streamers are going to be the new celebrities. Streaming platforms, online entertainment platforms are going to be the new TV. I think there's there's some nuance to how this works that feels, you know, similar to traditional broadcast TV. You flip something on, you all tune in at eight o'clock, <laughs> you chat about it together, whether you're sitting on the couch or sitting in your respective homes, given whatever the environment is. And I think, too, it's, you know, something we've been talking about a lot is is entertainment behavior. Uh, you know, we've all spent the last five or 10 years uh, jumping on Netflix, sifting through, finding what you want to watch, picking something. And it's like this very singular experience. We're, we're all watching shows, different times, different months, whatever it may be. But I think this does, you know, touch the reality that people want that, that connected community experience of entertainment. And this is the way that it's going to happen moving forward. Like that is the reality of it, especially in the younger generations. I know Kenny might agree or disagree with me. I, I totally love broadcast model. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think there's so much about um, the loneliness that people are experiencing during COVID and what this allows for you to do. And connected community is spot on. You said it, Amanda. That's Those are the magic words. And I think this creates connected community around content. Where I think it gets really interesting also is if you are Variety or the Hollywood Reporter or the New York Times, does this change the way that critics engage with content? Does this change the way that uh, movie studios do blockbuster premieres? Um, are people going to get to do watch parties where um, it's an exclusive with a small group of fans? Um, I think the, the way that you can build around this is really fascinating uh, and it's really exciting stuff. I, I love to see what Twitch is doing. And, you know, they, I, I don't think there's been a platform that has started off so niche and has expanded so quickly and understand the user base quite like Twitch. I'm seeing some nodding heads, which means I, I understood what I was talking about. <laughs> totally agree. Um, well, we made it through all five things. We truly appreciate you all listening to what we have to say here. 
I would like to thank Amanda Davis and Beth Rolfs for joining me on this week's edition of The Five Things. We ask you that if you have comments or feedback or questions or a topic that you want us to cover, shoot us an email. We are podcasts at gray.com. That's podcasts at gray.com. You can find us, we'll respond. There's so much fan mail coming in right now, but we'll make sure to prioritize your fan mail. (laughs) Tune in next week. Stay safe, stay smart, stay social. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Petty and Grace McDougall. Produced by Joey Scarillo, Danielle Hunt, and John Dillon. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com. <laughs>